Good morning. Today, we'll Bezrat Hashem be learning Davav in Maseches Beitza on the last day of the year. Wow, it should be a Shana Tova to everyone. When they started the uh, Dafyomi cycle, it was on Rosh Hashanah. That was the cycle, first cycle number one. But we know that had they start, done it thematically, they, so say they started Brochos Davbez on Rosh Hashanah that year. Uh, but had they done it thematically, obviously they would have started Rosh Hashanah Beit, Arab Rosh Hashanah Beit Zadavav, because it's been such a calendrical coincidence thematically all the way through. Today it's a sad calendrical coincidence. Um, so we don't call it a co- calendrical co- coincidence. It should only be um, for, for the learning, theoretical, for learning with our academic. And we should be zochet through all of our learning to only hear Basuros Tovas for everyone. Okay, so we've been talking about the uh, very fascinating, we're going to be talking about this a lot uh, when we get to Masechus Rosh Hashanah soon enough. Now we're talking about the calendrical coincidence, right? So we know that it was more intense on Rosh Hashanah uh, when you have, right, Rosh Chodesh falling out. Today is the 29th of El, for example. So you don't know, is today the last day of the year or is tomorrow the last day of the year? Is the month going to be Malay or Chaser? Um, so we're going to see how that impacted everything. Now, how seriously do you take the Yom Tov Sheni? That's where we left off, right? We talked about the Beit HaShanolda and the Yom Tov Sheni Shalgali. Say it seriously. What do I mean seriously? We treat it like Yom Tov. What do you mean? Well, it's Darabonin, right? Min HaGavosei So if it's an egg, so that's a Davashesh Lamatirin. So, okay, you can hold off on eating an egg. It's not so consequential, okay? But what if you have a really consequential issue and you need, you have a pressing thing that you need to do. And now, at what point do you, right, reveal the veil, right, this, uh, uh, and, and expose the fact that really we know at the heart of it that the second day is Durabanan? Is there a point where you have to actually do that? So that's where we start. The very top, the first word of Avon Aleph, Amar Rava. Mace, okay, so somebody passed on, let's say, on uh, Arab Rosh Hashanah. So beyond the Rishon Isaskubo Amimim, Mes beyond the Sheni Isaskubo Israel. So no, if somebody in this particular case passed on the first day of Yantiv. So on the first day of Yantiv, that's Yantiv Doraisa. What's the problem? Well, obviously the problem is somebody died, and that person requires burial, and burial is required urgently, and Kavod Mes is so critical. However, burial also implies. Digging, which is in Malacha de Oraisa, which you cannot do on Yantiv or on Shabbos. So let's say it happens on Yantiv Rishon. So they say, Isaskubo Amamim. That is in itself, right, a Chiddush, because to ask Amamim to do it is in itself an Amir al Akum. Amir al Akum, however, is Durabanan. Okay? So that is Durabanan, and therefore we allow the Durabanan of Amir al Akum to be suspended for the purpose of Kavavid Ames. And therefore, they can bury the mace on Yontav Rishon. However, mace be Yontav Shani. Once you have Yontav Shani, Yisasku Bo Yisrael. Okay, so in Rava's time, right, the Mepharshim explained, the fix was already in. In other words, we already fixed the calendar. Okay, so we knew already by Rava's time, this is already past the time where we actually, in other words, Rava never actually relied on witnesses to know whether the, the month was Malay or Chaser. So he knew always what day was supposed to be. So therefore, by the time of Rava, he, that's why he's able to say the statement that on Yantav Sheni, uh, the, the Israelim 
can, in fact, already, because they know that it's Darabanan, you don't have to rely on Amir al-Akum, already for the, for the, for the Yidin, it's already a Darabanan, and therefore they themselves can involve themselves with it. Whether they could do so even when Goyim are, right, available or not to do it is a question itself. We're not going to talk Allah Maisa here, we're not going to paskin off of this. But just conceptually, right, we're talking about the second day of Yantav being Darabanan, and therefore you can bury. Right, and here's, right, the calendrical coincidence over here. Even if you have the two days of Yantiv of Rosh Hashanah, that would also still be the case. Uh, and again, why, we, why is that a bigger Chiddush to the point where Rava has to address it? Because Rosh Hashanah, we already talked about the concept of Yom Richter. we'll talk about it more. But Rosh Hashanah was always, even in Israel, not just in Yantiv Sheni Shel Goliath, it was even a Yantav Shani Shalat Israel. There was always a calendrical coincidence, in the, and therefore we kept Rosh Hashanah as two days even in Israel. Okay. And, but even then, the second day is still what? Born from what? A calendrical coincidence, not from anything else, right? Okay, so we, we, we name it a Yom Arichta. So it has an extra level um, where, where even in Israel it's going to be two days. But it's still born in, in essence from a doubt, calendrical doubt. Did I say coincidence? So, okay. From calendrical doubt in that case. Okay. Masha'ain kein bebeitza, right? But this is only applying to burial of a mace. But beitza, Rashi, leading in beitza, lehe keilu biyantiv sheni to Rosh Hashanah, lehashvas lishal galias, right? Deilu Rosh Hashanah, nol debezeh, asur bezeh, right? Explaining that in Rosh Hashanah, they weren't making like they were with the mace. So you could have, uh, so you could have, the reason I said before, I would have said is it's just an egg. So you'll, you'll hold off. It's a davashesh lamatirin. <coughs> However, there are those who disagree with Rav and say that even the beitza is going to be aser, says the Gemara. Nehadai amri af Even, right, with the beitza, you're allowed to eat. Okay? Um... That's what Rashi says. What did I say? Rashi says, but basically, right. The basically, you, you can hold off, so therefore you should not be allowed to eat. And then Adai say, no, even the basically you can eat just like you can bury the mace. Why are you ossering the basically? Right? In other words, <laughs> for the same reason that you are going to allow them, well, not really the same reason. Why do you allow the mace? You allow the mace because it's a pressing need and because you have to have covered a mace. The mace has a really different reason, as follows. At the end of the day, why would a beitza, right, that's born on the, right, right, why would you say that the beitza is usher? Is it because you think that Elul is going to have a 30th day? Ezra, it mentions somewhere in Mimos Ezra that they had this issue, right, of, of the witnesses. But since then, it never ever happened, okay? In other words, after that, the fix was in, right? We find in the Chemya, that, that there was two days of Rosh Hashanah already in his days. But it was never, ever because we had a Mu'ubr. The fix was in. We never made El Mu'ubr. Today, uh, as we have today, the 29th day of Rosh Hashanah, of uh, Elul, is always, was always the last day of Elul. And since then, the calendar fixed that it never would be otherwise. Okay, so wait a minute. Once you say it is never Mu'ubr, Elul, right? So then, right, he himself 
Mind you, it says, who is quoting? Rav. Rav himself is the one who says that Elul was never Me'uber. So if Elul was never Me'uber, so then why should Rav ever Aser the Beitzer? Before we had Mechelkes, Rav Shmuel. And Rav said the Beitzer is Aser. But if Elul was never Me'uber, so then why should the Beitzer ever be Aser? Because after all, we know behind the veil, deep down, that the second day of Rosh Hashanah is not really yontiv and it's not really problematic. So why would the egg ever be usher? That's the question, okay? Right, because if it's not really yontiv, right, so then, right, so, so if it's not really yontiv, so then it shouldn't be usher because of me manavshach, right? If it's, if, right, because the second day is just not yontiv, so why would, why would it be, why would we pretend like it is? Okay, so we're, we're gonna, we're gonna flesh this out. So Amar Rezutra, lo amran ela de ishtahi, Okay, so first of all, with regards to the ruling of the Rava, with regards to the maze, let's go back to that. Mazurcha is saying, no. The only time that the, we allow you to bury is only if it was delayed, meaning we were concerned that there would be a, uh, right, a uh, decaying of the corpse, meaning he, he passed, the, the corpse passed on, on Erev Rosh Hashanah. Right? However, but if he just died, we could postpone it a little bit until after Yantiv. So Mazutra is qualifying, and Mazutra wants to say, right, that, uh, that you can wait. If you can wait, you should push it off. To which Ravashi Amar, Afagav Deloishtai. No. Even if there's a corpse on Yantiv, Namilo Mashin and No, we're gonna, we're not gonna wait till after Yantiv, we're gonna do the burial on Yantiv itself. My taima, what's the reason? Yantiv Shani, the Gaba Mace, Kechol Shavir Abanan. In other words, there's like almost like a machlokus of hutcher or dechuya, so to speak, here. In other words, don't forget, I said it's a pressing need and it's covered a mace. That's true, right? But it's not like, um, right, and there's, there's a concept of burying the mace as fast as you can, but this is not really uh, a de'oraisa of having to bury the same day, per se, right? And we see today even in halacha, if you can, if you have to, if this pressing need, we, we can wait a day, um, right? So you'll, you'll speak to Ari Leibowitz, the great Dafiomi uh, masters, and they'll talk about halacha, which I'm not qualified to do, and how refrigeration has changed this. But the point, just the fact that refrigeration would change this is an indication that this is really, right, a covered mace issue as far as just the mace not decaying, but it's not like the fact that refrigeration would matter is an indication that, right, this is not a derisive of same day. Okay. Well, once it's not a derisive of same day, so now the math is a little bit different, right? How pressing is it? If you can wait, so maybe you should wait. So that would be Ravashi's point, but that would be Marzutra's point. Ravashi, however, says, no, that with regards to mace, Yantav Shani is mamish like chol. So that's what Ravashi is saying here. Right? So in other words, that's, that, that's where, that's where the machlokas comes. In other words, once you say that you can bury a mace, then it are all bets off and we just, you could do anything for the mace and treat it like it's a regular day. And that's like a matter of policy. That any mace, any corpse that we have on Yontiv Shani will treat it completely like it's, like it's not Yontiv with respect to the mace out of cover of a mace. That's what Ravashi is saying. He says, my time, what's the reason? Yontiv Shani look up a mace, kechol shavir abanan. They made it lechol. Afilu lemegas le glimu lemegas le asa, right? We're even gonna cut shrouds for the, for the mace or, or the different branches that they used to do. 
right? So it's Levinson's is open, right, on Yontav Sheni because of the issue of Kovat We're allowing everything to happen. So now, Amar Ravina, Iva, Inadika Chavre. The Chavre sound really pleasant. They sound friendly, right? But they're not. They were very evil Persians, okay? And the Persians used to put the Jews to hard work, okay? So now that we have Persians, Chayshinan says, no, this was like a historical fact that Ravina's pointing out, that if Levinson's was going to be open, the Chavri would know that this is a Jewish place and that they're doing Jewish burials, and then they would make us come into the office. And that is Ravina's concern, and it's for that reason that we're forbidden to bury the uh, corpse on the second day of Yontav also. So we see, with regards to burying of the corpse, it's not like, oh, it absolutely has to happen right away. There are considerations. We try to weigh, right, the Kavadah Mace versus other considerations such as the Chavre. Okay. A story to this effect that teaches between the first day, uh, the second day of Rosh Hashanah and the second day of other Yom Tov. Ravina, Vyasav Kameh, Rav, Right? The Girsa issue is whether it's Rav or Ravasi. And they're talking about Yantav Shani Shal Rosh Hashanah. In that particular year, it was a three day Yantav. Thursday, Friday, Rosh Hashanah, and then Shabbos. So Ravina sees that Ravashi is very depressed. Amalei, Amai Atziv Mar. He says, Why are you depressed? Why are you depressed? Why are you depressed? So he says, Amalei, the law of he says, because I did not make an Erev Tavshilin. Erev Tavshilin is going to be the beginning of the topic of the next parak. Soon enough, Tesvav. Erev Tavshilin, we know you have to make it on Wednesday on a three-day Yantiv. And so he thought, I'm out of luck. I can't cook from Yantiv to Shabbos. So this has to do not with the mace, but with the cooking on the two days of Yantiv. So Amalei Ravina says back to him, Velosiv Mara Idna. Wait a minute. So again, if we really know that the second day is out of calendrical doubt, so then he says, make the Erev Tavshilin Ha'idna, today, which is to say, Thursday. If you have Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, make the Erev Tavshilin today. How does that work? As follows. It says, um, Ha'idna. Mi lo amar Rava. Did Rava not say, Did he not say that you could just make the Erev Tavshilin from one day of Yontav to the other and make a Tanai? How does that work? It works as follows. Very simple. On Thursday, you lay down the Erev Tavshilin and you say, if today, well, I'll do it the other way. I'll say it backwards. I think it's easier to understand. You lay down, again, Erev Tavshilin is only necessary if you have two full days of Yontav followed by a day of Shabbos in order to allow you to cook from Yontav to Shabbos as a cover to both Shabbos, cover to Yontav, as we'll discuss in the beginning of the second parak. Fine. Obviously, if the second day of Yontiv is Chol, you don't need an Erev Tavshilin, right? In other words, the idea is that you can cook tomorrow. The Erev Tavshilin is not for, to cook on Thursday. Thursday, you're allowed to cook. And from Thursday to Friday, you're allowed to cook because it's from Yontiv to Yontiv. The only issue is, can you cook from Friday to Shabbos? Well, if Friday is Chol, then of course you could cook from Shab- Friday to Shabbos. It's not even an issue, okay? Let's say there's real calendrical doubt. Let's say you're concerned that Friday is Yontiv, okay? But if Friday is Yantiv and it's real calendrical doubt, then today is Chol. Then today would be the, the day that you would make the Erev Tavshilin anyway. And therefore, you could lay down the Erev Tavshilin on Thursday with the Tanai. That if tomorrow is Chol, then I don't need this thing. And if tomorrow is Yantiv and today is Chol, then let me make my Erev Tavshilin now. I hereby make my Erev Tavshilin now. And therefore, that is the source of why Rava says you can make an Erev Tavshilin on the first day of Yantiv out of calendrical doubt. 
So to that, Amalei Ravashi responded, So that is perhaps a true Anshneyom Tovim Shalgalius, like a real Yantiv of like Sukkot, let's say. Right? But who would say that on Rosh Hashanah? I mean, on Rosh Hashanah, it's a different level, right? It's even in Eretz Yisrael. It's Kedusha Achas Goranowitz. The Muslim moment is how exquisitely, how exquisitely cycle 14 fits with every move we do. It's like Hashem is watching us and teaching us the daf day by day, following us along with the year. You understand? Okay. Ravina says, Amrei Nahardai, the Nahardai say, Af Beitz and Buteris. What does that mean? That, that we he's, were, we're supposed to, he's encouraging you. Uh, yeah. we, we learn, we're supposed to think about what we're learning? I think so, yes. That's the, that's the lesson. Okay. So, as we said before, the uh they say that even the egg should be mutter. Remember, that was a machlokas, right? We, we started off with Rava saying that only the mace can be buried on the second day, and then the beitzah, forget about it, you'll eat it after. And the Adar, say even the beitzah should be mutter. Okay, so the Gemara says, um, well, if that's the case, so why did we have Rav Ashi, right, um, say that on Rosh Hashanah, right, shouldn't work, in other words, Right, we had when we said Af Beitz and Muteris, we said that that applied to even Rosh Hashanah. So again, Ravashi said that there's a difference between Rosh Hashanah and regular Yantiv. Right, the three day Yantiv of Rosh Hashanah, maybe you can't make this Eruv Tafshilin Al Tanai. Well, if the Nahardaim said that you can eat the egg on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, so then maybe they would hold that you could even make the Eruv Tafshilin Al Tanai on a three day Yantiv involving Rosh Hashanah. So Right. In other words, Ravashi, who is Mar in this context, right, didn't hold like the Nardaim. Right? Obviously, he held. After all, he quoted Rava himself, who disagreed with him. Right? before he said, right? He was quoting Rava himself. So Rava disagreed with the Nardai. So that's why they had different opinions about whether you could make this Erev Tafshilin on the first day of Yantiv of Rosh Hashanah, one day off on our calendrical coincidence. Okay, now let's get back to the chicken and the egg. Itmar, 11 lines up from the bottom, Gorano. It's a Farach Shanol Yantiv. You have a chick. This is not an egg now. This is the chick. Rav Amar Asar Shmuel V'yitemar B'yachron Amar Similar machlokas to before. Rav doesn't let you eat the chick. Shmuel, some say it was a Yochanan, say you can. Rav Amar Asar Muktahi. It's a Muktah, it's a chick. Uh, it's nolad, right? It's muktzah. We'll get to it. We'll we'll analyze this. Don't worry. Uh, what? It can be permitted. Matir atzmo. It sounds funny. It is matir itself because you could shecht it. So therefore, it does not become muktzah. That's what I would have said. I mean, it's food, right? You can eat a chick. I mean, it's not the best, but you can eat it. And therefore, why wouldn't it be mutter? Let's see. The Gemara says like this. That's a fascinating question. Would, you know, we're used to the Beitza Shinol to be Yantiv because we're learning Masechah's Beitza. But let's say you had a calf that was born on Yantiv. Would anybody say anything about that? Would anybody say don't touch it in Muktza? Would anybody say that you can't eat it? Of course not. That's the Cholodeus, Andrew. Everybody allows you to eat that. Okay. So Amalahu, so why would that be different than a chick? That's the question. So he Rav 
but, so how could Rav answer a, a chick if he, if he knows that we allow a calf? So Amalhu, Rav answers, Fascinating answer. Not 100% clear what it means, but let's try. Let's try. Right? Somehow, the, the calf that's born, it's muchan. It's ready to eat. Uh, the chick, not so much, because the chick, so I'll say it like this. The chick does not come out in a live animal form, right? It, like the crowning of the head and all that follows. It comes out in an egg. Oh. So the way I'll say it like this, the chick is coming out, it's not muhan on virtue of its mother because it's like comes out of its own entity, literally in its own case. Okay? So then it's like, a, it, in that sense, it's separated from its mother. At that point, right? It like because it forms this protective egg, it's its own entity when it comes out, and you can't say per se that that it comes out of the mother. Now, where it gets tricky is if it was an egg, like an egg, what we call an egg. So then maybe that would be different because it comes out like as food coming out as food. In other words, we said before already in our first stuff that if the chicken was for la achila and we had an egg, so the egg would be uchla de ifrasi and it would be food. But here, imagine if you knew and you had x-ray vision, you knew that this egg that was coming out of the chicken had a chick inside instead of an egg. That would be different. That would not necessarily be uchla ifris because you have now a chick inside a shell coming out of a chicken and perhaps that barrier, so to speak, right, is what makes it not uchla ifris yet. And that lapse, okay, of time where it's not uchla ifris is what makes it different than an ego. Fascinating, right? Says, we'll see a little bit more of this. Says the Rav Kahana and Ravasi ask, Uma bein zela ego minatrefa. This was, this question is a, is a wild question. In other words, Rav said the words, it's muchan agav imo b'shchita. That, that if its mother would have been shechted, then it would be, Kosher and all the insides of the animal will be kosher. So they say, what if it's a trefa and it would be shechted, you turn it up and it wouldn't be kosher? That t- sounds to me like they're taking the words too literally. Like I looked at it conceptually, right? That it doesn't mean it would be kosher because it, you looked at it and it was not kosher and the, and the mother. No, it just means that it's food, right? That, that the eagle is food be, as opposed to, right, the, the chick, which was not really food because it was had that moment of lapse when it was in the egg. So Rav Kahana and Ravasi, however, took it literally, and they said, what if the mother turns out to be a trefa and shasik Rav, right? Rav remained silent. So is this like a tacit approval? Was he shocked because it was such a good kasha? Or was he like shocked because the question made no sense to him based on what he was saying, and he saw they weren't on the same page? So anytime you have this uh, silence, you don't really know. But it seems to me make more sense in this particular case as great and truly were Rav Khan was one of the greatest of all time that they just understood it differently. It seems to me make more sense, right? Because what they they understood it literally, but I don't think Rav understood it literally. It sounds like it was more conceptually the way we uh, perhaps explained it, right? In other words, it sounds hard to believe that we meant that that it literally that's because the mom is kosher. It makes more sense to say that, that the eagle is muchan because the mom is food. Okay? Not, not to say that she's got kosher food. Okay. So what happens if they're born right now on Yantiv? If an eagle is born on Yantiv, you can eat it. An eagle, you can shecht. And what happens after Yantiv? No problem? No problem. You can eat it after Yantiv as well. What do you worry about then? 
You were, so that's the thing. You're not worried about the ego, but the question is, why are you worried about the egg? Because it's born, it's laid in a shell. So let's see a little bit more. What was this shasik of Rav? I'm a Rav of Itam Rabbi Yosef. My time is shasik Rav. Why was he silent? Lehmelahu, he could have, in other words, uh, whether he agreed or disagreed, right, he could have given them a simple answer. So we see that Rabbah and Rabbi Yosef do take this a little bit more seriously. And he says, He says, since the calf was prepared to be fed for dogs, it's not muktza. Meaning, they're taking, uh, again, he could have explained that it is food, albeit treif. That's a way of saying it, right? Because you could feed it to klavim. So in other words, that, that could have brought him back down to earth, even within the context of them explaining kosher versus treif, as opposed to food versus not ready-made food. So to that, Amalei Abai, as we turn to government Bays at the hopeless time of 5.52 a.m., hashta muchan adam lavi muchan klavim. Now, if the object was prepared, right, so, so this is in Shabbos Kufnun Vav, you might remember. And we already mentioned it earlier in our Masechta, the Tanan. We had the Mishnah. Right? Remember, we had the, the, the uh, Mishnah that said that you can cut, right, the food for the dogs. So that's a fascinating thing. Rabbi Yehuda said it had to have been ready for dogs on Erev Shabbos. Very fascinating idea. In other words, like this. this you have to be a genius. You have to be chazal to, to, to make this inference. There was a machlokas where Yehuda had a problem. He said, if it's, ready, if it's ready made for humans, then it's not ready, then it's muksa for dogs. Because human food is muksa for dogs. So you say, if human food is muksa for dogs, then dog food, ew, is muksa for humans. Right? And again, the answer would be, if dog food is muksa for humans, that would be why you can't use this answer. In other words, right, we were saying, I, he should, Rav should have just answered, well, it, you could use it for dog food. And then they use this Mishnah in Shabbos Kufnun Vav to say, he can't say that you could use it for dog food because dog food is muksa for humans. That's what he's trying to bring out of that Mishnah. However, the Gemara says, no. That no, it only works in the other way, the way we did it, the Rabbi Huda sees it in Kufnan Vav. In other words, human food, that which is, inish, that which is fit for human beings, lo klavim, you never throw it to the food, to the dogs. However, dog food, that you, or, or we should say food that you have prepared for dogs, humans can eat it if they want to, because it is daite de inish, it is the, right, it, it is the, um, mindset of human beings that they'll eat anything that's fit. In other words, the, the caviar is almost like a muksumach chisarn kiss, right? The human food that you set aside for the deluxe kiddush Quranowitz, that you're not going to feed for the dogs. It'll be muksa to give to the dogs according to Rabbi Yehuda. You've set it aside. But the dog food, right, you set aside, you say, you know what, this cholent tastes like dog food. I'm going to put this cholent a little bit aside for the dogs. But the understanding is that if you get hungry, you'll eat it. Okay, that's the, uh, that's the answer to that. Okay, so now 10 lines down. Let's talk more about the chick. Remember, Rav says the chick is usher, uh, gives him some lemon, Andrew. And, and, and the Shmuel, uh, and Rabbi Yochanan said the chick is mutter. And we're going to see explicit prices like them. Right, like Rav says that the egel is mutter, but the efroch is usher. It's explicit. Why are the difference? Same reason we said, right? The egel is muchanagav imo, but the chick is not. 
And the Baisa, like Shmuel Vaytamer Biyachanan, Tani can say the Shmuel Vaytamer Biyachanan, says, Egel Shnol Biyantav Mutter, Vifrach Shnol Biyantav Mutter. Right? Two completely contradictory Baisas. My Taima, Zemu Chanagav Imo, Vezem Atir Atzmo Vishchita. The Egel is Mutter because Muchanagav Imo. And the chick is mutter because it's mater atzma v'shchita. The rationales we had said before literally are spelled in front of us uh, by the brisa. So now we're twelve lines up from the wide. Tanur abanan efrach shenal biyantav aser. Rabbi Yehuda ben Yaakov Omer af bechol aser. Lefishalon is pachtu enov. Wow, a totally different thing. We have a brisa. The brisa says, guess what? You can't eat chicks ever. An egel maybe yes, but a chick is gross. A chick until it opens its eyes is not even considered a chick. It's considered a sheretz. It's not even considered poultry, right? Sherets you can never eat, says the Gemara. Come on, Wait a minute, that's neither Rav nor Shmuel, says the Gemara. L'chol sheretz a sheretz al arts, right? That is according to the Bryce that says L'chol sheretz a sheretz al arts. The Isser of sheretz applies, says the Bryce. Lebrabo sefrochim sholis pachzchu in am to include chicks that have not yet opened their eyes. Who is this like? Come on, Kerbelezer bin Yaakov. That is, in fact, Rebelezer bin Yaakov, who we just uh, quoted as saying that the chick is usher, not just on first or second day yantiv, but just on chol. Like, who eats a chick? That's nasty. Six lines up from the wide number of Unamarav, Nigmara. The idea is that an egg is going to be fully formed when it comes out. To what do we owe this issue? What do we care whether it's fully formed? Well, I'll ask you this. Are eggs milchigs or fleshigs? So, obviously, we, if eggs were fleshigs, it would change the three-egg omelet at the Waldorf dramatically. We'd have to eat it with something else. It wouldn't change the Svarty Cholent. But the point is, it is, in fact, Beitzah Mitziyasa Nigmara is, in fact, like this. Mayim Mitziyasa Nigmara, what is meant that it's formed when it comes out? If you're saying that upon its exit from the hen, when it crowns and gets off, that it makes it milchig, while it's its mother's uh, milk, while it's in mother's insides, it, are you going to say that it's going to be uh, fleshic? That's not true. Did you know that? If you shech the chicken, find eggs inside of it, you can actually eat it with milk eggs. Delicious. So this idea that it's fully formed when it comes out of the chicken is not to allow it with milks. Uh, is not to say that it's fleshic when it's still in the mother. But it's rather to say that once it comes out, you can eat it on yantiv. Sounds like if you find it in me'ima, it's also to eat on yantiv. We found a b'risa that says you can, in fact, eat them on yantiv if you find it in the chicken. So what are you going to say? So you say, And if you're going to say that this b'risa is a bad egg, see what I did there? It's not, um, and because it's not what is taught in the Mishnah, and therefore the Mishnah is more authoritative, obviously. Hanami Tanina. We also have a Mishnah to that effect. Does that Mishnah sound familiar? First Mishnah of Beza. Right? Everyone is saying that they're only arguing once it's born. Everybody is going to allow it when it's the May Iman. One half a minute or so. Maybe Basil would also oscillate it in the mother's womb, as it were. I don't know if they have a womb, the chickens, but you know what I mean. Mani, who's the author? If that were the case, then that wouldn't be according to either of them. 
and therefore they must agree that before it's laid, it must be mutter. So now we're going to stop over here. Which is uh, somewhere towards the bottom here. Oh, the second line up from the bottom of Vavamid Bays. Everybody have a Shana Tova Umetuka.